0: Of our God and, King. and your voice.
1: Glad to have you here with us this morning. I'm going to ask my friend Scott Belmore to come and join me here. That's fun. I can take him all the way out of the monitors. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's live. Is that me or you? No, that was me. I think. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. All right. You?
1: So, uh, a little bit different this morning. Uh, we've been working our way through the book of Mark for many months, okay. uh, which has been fantastic. And actually, Jason is gonna wrap that up next week with um, some interesting text from the end of Mark, the uh, handling snakes and all that stuff that all right. you might notice in some of your, your Bibles if you look at it early this week. So it's Mark chapter uh, 16, I think it's the end, 17. Can't remember what the last one is. 11 verses there. In the ESV, you'll see them, they'll be bracketed, the one that we normally use here. It's because they're not found in some of the earliest manuscripts, but they're in the earliest uh, English translations, and so they're still included in there. And they're they're interesting, but uh, also contained in there is something that we, especially as Southern Baptists call, the Great Commission. And... uh, Scott Belmore is here with us this morning from Mosaic Campus Ministries. And we're gonna dig a little bit more into your background to your history and before we get to Mosaic and uh, kind of find out how God brought you to Alaska and what you're doing here. But I would venture to guess that the idea of the Great Commission is, is deeply tied to your mission at everything that you've done in ministry, but certainly at Mosaic Campus Ministries.
2: Most definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, so let's kick off there. Who are you? Who are you, Scott Belmore?
2: Okay. My name's Scott Belmore. Uh, I'm. I just turned a half a century. Uh, this past year, so I'm 12. 50 years old. Uh, I have a wife. Her name's Dana. We've been married 22 years. I have a son, Andrew. He's 19. He is uh, actually attending New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary uh, right now. And then I have a daughter who's 15. Her name is Ruthie, and she's a freshman in high school, living with us here in Eagle River. I'm originally from South Louisiana. I was born in New Orleans. I was raised in Lafayette, which is the home of the. It's the central part of Cajun culture, and so if you've ever been through Louisiana on I-10, you've passed right through my hometown. And so, um, that's kind of like who I am. So,
1: so how how does Scotty Belmore from Lafayette, New Orleans, end up in Alaska. How does that happen?
2: Wow. So I'll start back like, uh, um, I'll just give a quick yeah. testimonial of, of just like where God's brought me through and everything. I come from a very broken family. My wife on the other hand is a little different. She, she comes from, from a very stable family, uh, raised in the church all of her life. Uh, my family was uh, broken up through, uh, alcoholism, um, abuse, uh, of different, uh, s- substances and, um, actual physical, uh, mental abuse as well. And so verbal and, and through that, um, when we moved from, when my parents divorced and my mom remarried, we, we got transferred with the oil to Lafayette, Louisiana. I was still young And, uh, there was a, there was a friend that asked me to go to church with him and I was eight years old at the time. So I went the first time and I was like, man, this is really cool. I like this. Um, the second week I was not as excited. (laughs) Uh, it was a little, it was a little more, uh, you know, I'd already listened to the the pastor preach and so I was sitting there again and I thought, man, do I have to listen to this for another 30 minutes? Wow. This is going to be, this is going to be terribly long. Fast forward a little bit, uh, just stayed there uh, at that church for many years, uh, entering into my freshman year of high school. I had a Sunday school teacher who was very, um, intentional about wanting to get, uh, more into my life, um, with the gospel, with, uh, who Jesus is, wanted to see me come to a saving faith, uh, of that. And so, uh, he would invite me to his office. We, his office was right across from our neighborhood and and you know i 'd say well you know i'm just i 've got stuff going on I've got stuff going on. I passed that up for about eight weeks and finally i just i just said you know what i 'm going to go i 'm going to go sit and meet with him. I want to hear what he has to say. He cares enough for me that he wants to invite me to lunch to share something important with me. I want to go sit with him and at least see because um, at this time, I really had not had a uh, a man in my life who was willing to really just like pour life into me. I had a father, had a stepfather, but they were busy with, with other things. So, um, man, I went and sat in his office. We talked. He shared. Uh, he walked through the Roman road with me. And uh, I listened very intently. And the verse that really stuck out was Romans 5 8 which says God demonstrates his love for us that in while we are still sinners while we're broken while we're carrying all this baggage while we have all this thing these things in our life that are not right he still died for us and so it wasn't about me having to fix myself and then coming to Jesus it was just about me coming to Jesus as I am because he came to me just as he was and he was willing to die for me in my place just like I was and um And so, uh, you know, people who are Sunday school teachers, who are life group leaders, who are small group leaders, whatever you want to call those groups that gather together like that. They are very important in the life of a church because they are the ones who really get to to meet and to really pour into some of those individuals lives. And so uh, go to I I ended up uh, going to college. Uh, there was a, a guy as when I was a fresh uh, 11th grade, um, I was in the 11th grade and I had, I had walked through this, you know, like I had, I was saved, I was baptized, uh, but I hadn't had anybody just really at that moment in time, to like take me underneath their wing and like a mother hen does to protect yeah. their, their, her, her babes, her chicks. And, um, you know, I had never had anybody just come and just hone in on me like that to, to say, man, um. How's your Bible reading? What's your prayer life like? And what are you doing to grow in your walk with the Lord? You know, are you sharing your faith with anybody? Man, are you having any of those those thoughts that wander through your mind that are, that are not godly? And there was a guy that was, his name's uh, J. Roy Como. Cleve Gaspard was the first gentleman that I talked about. J. Roy Como um, is this next gentleman that I'm going to talk about. And he... Uh, he invited me he was the interim or the part-time uh, youth guy at the church just to fill in he was an adult in the church who had time on his hands that wanted to help out and at this point in time we had moved out to rain louisiana and i'm at first baptist church rain and he says hey man why don't you what you doing friday night and i said I really i have nothing planned he said why don't you come to the house let's hang out and bring your bible i was like <laughs> okay that's kind of strange but yeah i'll, I'll do it you know, because I, I mean, I would read my Bible just like nominal Christians do, you know, on Sundays, uh, on Sunday nights when you go to discipleship training, you know, you show up at church for prayer night. Those are, you know, like those were the times that I read my Bible because that's the time that I knew to read my Bible. Nobody had ever had ever showed me, you know, how to really dig in. And so he so we're man, we're sitting up one night and he says, so um, what you want to read tonight? I said, I don't know what should we read he said well you know I've been walking through and I said what do you mean you've been walking through he said you know I've been studying through uh, this book in the gospels and I was like okay wow so we read some of the scripture that he'd been reading and we talked through it we prayed that night I mean it was just completely different than what I was used to start my freshman year in in college had a uh, what was back then Baptist Student Union Um, uh, the director there just really began to to take me underneath his wing, said, man, I I really, uh, I I see something inside of you and I want to help you flesh this out. So he did. And and we walked through that, through my college years, my extended college years, I'll say, (laughs) Um, that's when I really felt God calling me into, into ministry. And uh, so I graduated, I I graduated in 97, in the spring of 97. And then I served on staff at First Baptist Church, Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, with their college ministry. And there was a guy by the name of Hardy Spence. Hardy Spence was another one of these men who were very intentional about pouring into my life. He and I would meet every week for lunch. We'd go through accountability questions, making sure that I'm treating my wife correctly, making sure that... I'm treating students right, making sure that, you know, we're doing ministry making sure that all these things are are there. And I mean, it's just having individuals in your life that care, that want to pour in, you know, is very important in the Christian faith, in the Christian walk, in this faith walk, this journey that we call faith. And uh, so I would encourage any of you, if you do not have accountability partners, if you do not have men or women that are holding you accountable, I would encourage you to, to very much uh, seek those things out. Um, so from there, uh, after, after I, I finished up, my wife uh, graduated college, we went off to New Orleans Seminary, and when we left there, I prayed, God, bring me back to this place where you where you began to do some really neat things in my life, where you called me into ministry, bring me back to that place so that I can finish out what you've called me to do here. Go off to New Orleans Seminary, went up to Huntington, West Virginia, served there for a couple years. God called us back to Lafayette. I was serving as the Baptist Collegiate Minister, the BCM director at uh, UL Lafayette, which is my alma mater. And from there, we started bringing teams up to Alaska. And Tracy, when I got back to Louisiana, when I got back to Lafayette, I knew God had answered that prayer, that he was bringing me back to the place where he had called me, where he started something in my my life that he wanted me to finish out what I had begun. And I stayed in Lafayette for about nine years. And during those nine years, we started leading students to come up to Alaska to to kind of help and to serve in different areas, uh, in Alaska. And it was at one of those moments, like we hit, we we drove up in 2012, uh, to drop a van off to a ministry up here that needed it. And it was during that time when we crossed across, when we crossed the border in, uh, from Canada to Alaska, we hit toke, excuse me. And when we hit toke, my son started running around. He was 12 years old at this time. I think I disappeared, and there we go. Um, he, was, he was actually uh, 12 at the time, 10 at the time. By the time we moved up here, he was 12. So he was 10 at the time, and he says, Mom and Dad, I really think that I'm going to be in Alaska. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you know, that's great. You know, you can come up here when, when you're 16, serve as a summer missionary. We would love, because we've always prayed for our kids that God would... Um, that they would love the Lord uh, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and that they would love others more than they love themselves and that, they would, that God would compel them to do what they could uh, to reach uh, the nations with, um, with the gospel. And so when he said that, I was just like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll send you up here as, as a 16-year-old. You can come live up here and, or, you know, come for a summer, serve up here. And he says, no, I, I really feel like Like, I'm going to live in Alaska. I was like, wow, okay. And Dane and I started looking at each other, and we're like, all right, what's this mean for us? So we we come into Anchorage. We have a group of students that had flown into uh, Kodiak, and we were going to take the ferry over and meet them. And so we get over to Kodiak, and uh, as we're... um, as we're getting off, I had gone to Johannesburg, South Africa back in 2008 on a mission trip. And there was, there was a gentleman who uh, had two very dark children. Um, and so I'm sitting there standing by all of our luggage off of the ferry with the group that we're with. And I said, hey, guys, are you all coming with us to, uh, to serve this week? And they're like, yeah, I think we are. And so Daniel was one, I forget the other little guy's name, but the father walks up and he says, hey, my name's Alan and this is my wife, Beth. And I said, "Dials." He says, well, how did you know that? I said, well, I served in South Africa in 2008 when you were on furlough with the IMB. And um, I worked with some of your counterparts out there. This is crazy that you're here in Alaska. You know, I've seen pictures of your boys when they were infants, when y'all adopted them. And so it was just crazy how all these connections started coming together. So that first night we get settled in, Gary, uh, man, I forget Gary's last name who used to be out at Frontier. Elmore, Elmore, yes. So Gary Elmore was the pastor at Frontier. And so I was, I was leading the worship kind of like what you did today, you know, and uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Scott can, Scott can say, I got, he's got the chops.
2: And, um, and there was this other guy from South Carolina who was preaching that week during the evening times of our time together. And so I was leading worship. My wife and kids were sitting on the back row. Ruthie at this time was, was probably six. And so I, I go to sit on the very back row. Gary gets up from the front pew, kind of like where the, the drummer's sitting right here. He walks to the back where I'm sitting and he leans over and whispers in my ear, I just want to let you know, I heard, I heard specifically from the Lord tonight that you're going to be moving up here in a year or two. And I just kind of, I was like, <laughs>
1: okay. And what, what's also kind of funny about this, if you know Gary, that's not Gary's normal like, mode of operation. Uh-uh. Uh, he, that, that, that's not something you would expect Gary to do. So he must have really felt strongly about this for him to, for him to do that. And the
2: thing is, is like uh, Gary is one that will talk you out of. That's right. Coming to Alaska. <laughs> yeah,
1: having served in Kodiak for the number of years right? that he did, yeah, he yeah. really make you think about it.
2: You know, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's what he would do, would, would be to talk you out of coming to Alaska. <laughs> and so when he said that, I just kind of laughed, and I was like, okay, and I sat back next to my wife and she says what did he say and I said it was nothing babe it was nothing <laughs> and so um that next morning we go out we, we go do some stuff in the community we're helping the church kind of reach out into the community and uh Babs Um, meets my wife and daughter they're cleaning up the whole church with johnson's uh, or murphy's uh, oil you know just wiping i mean it's a beautiful building out there if you've ever been to kodiak and seen their church and so they're cleaning it all down and babs walks in and says man we're so excited that you and your family are here we can't wait to see what god's going to do in your life when you guys move here (laughs) And my wife says, oh, you're going to have to talk to my husband about that. Um, Because I had always told my wife, once we got back to Louisiana, like that's where God had called us back to, to finish out the work that he had called us to, to work with college students, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, these things are happening. I thought I was in my happy place back in Louisiana, right? I was going to retire serving the campus that that I grew to love and to graduate from and to Well, later on that week, Alan comes to me. I had caught a, uh, uh, we had gone fishing and so we had done some things and he'd come back. I was kind of cleaning up in the kitchen and he says, uh, hey, Scott, he said, I'm excited that you're here. He said, that's kind of crazy how we've got connected here in Alaska of all places. Um, He said, but I just want to let you know, I really feel like like God's going to do something really neat in your family's life this week. And I could see you guys moving up here and serving. <clears throat> I said, Alan, I said, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to have to seriously pray about that because I really feel like God has me at a place in Louisiana where, where he's called me back to, to, to serve that campus. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do so. And Dane and I weren't able to talk about any of this this whole week, right because like the guy we're all staying at the at the baptist um, at the Baptist camp that's out there, and the ladies are down in this cottage down towards the bottom of the hill, nice little cottage, they all have this these nice mattresses and um, fluffy pillows, and the guys are sleeping above the gym in the workout uh, room on the benches, on the weightlifting benches, right? That's our bed for the whole week. So you just imagine just laying there like this, trying to roll and you can't. And try. Did, you get an, did you get an oversized
1: bench to, to lay on? I had
2: two, I, I hooked <laughs> two together so that I can stretch across. But it was, it was just crazy. And so we had not got to talk about any of this this entirety. Uh, the entirety of the week. And so we get back to... uh, Actually, we're heading back to... We take the ferry across. We get back to Homer. And Dana says, Hey, I'm going to ride with this other guy. He was a student that came up with us the very first time we came up in 2009. And there were 25 of us that lived in a house. He was one of the 25. um, I mean, we all became... they They were students that had come up with us. And he had come to serve that summer he was going to kind of oversee all the interns that that were coming up that summer with this mission team this ministry that we were serving with and he tells dana and i earlier that week he said hey my parents are going through a divorce and you know i just man i'm struggling right now and so dana says hey i'm going to just ride with him back up to anchorage from homer if that's okay and i'm going to talk with him you know we'll put everybody else in the back of the van and that way i can have some some time with him just to kind of see what's going on. So they get in the van. We get back to Anchorage and uh, we finally are at a place. We're in a bedroom by ourselves, which was so nice to be able to sit and talk to your wife, bef- you know, uh, at night before going to bed. And so we're just sitting there and I said, uh, how was, how the drive up? How's, how's he doing? And she said, well, his parents are getting a divorce. But he said something else to me, and I said, well, what did he say? And he says, Miss Dana, like, when are you and Mr. Scott going to move up to Alaska? Like, I've known since 2009 that God was calling you up to to Alaska to serve, but for some reason you guys haven't come up here yet. I said, are you serious? And then that's when we started walking through the entirety of the week. (laughs) Well, you remember when Gary leaned over? He told me that the Lord had spoke to him about that, and she says, well, Babs had come to me during the week and when Ruthie and I were cleaning the church, and I said, well, Alan came to me also, you know, all separate of each other, we're all-, all separate events of each other, and so we get back. I used to work for UPS, and um, I, I did everything that you can imagine with UPS, and so um, I'm loading up all of our, so we have a full day before our flight leaves that night, I put all of our luggage in the front. I block out the whole seat where it's kind of like a sound barrier wall. Put all the students in the back <laughs> of the van. Dana and I are riding in the front. We're going out to, to Portage. And um, we pull up. And this, is, this was like a really cold year because at that time, this was over Memorial Day weekend, like the lake was still frozen solid. Yeah. So it's somewhat like what this year has been. Something like now, right now, yeah. And so this lake has been completely like it's just frozen solid. And we pull it up. and I'm like, wow. This is so beautiful. Like, look, look at this. Hey, hey guys, can y'all see this? And, you know, we're and she just looks at me and she just, she breaks down in tears and she says, please tell me we're not going to move to Alaska. <laughs>
1: exactly what you wanted to hear. That was, yeah.
2: And I, and I looked at her and, and these four words are what scared her the most. I said, as of right now, because I would have normally said, well, no you know, we're going to retire back in Louisiana, but I said, as of right now, and when I said those four words, I mean, ladies, you know how you snot cry, you know, like when things really upset you, you just, I mean, every, you know, hole in your face is just leaking. Um, that's, that's how this was. And, uh, so fast forward 2013, we, um, we're at a conference together and, uh, well, let's go. September of 12, I said, Hey, uh, just got a phone call. She said, who was it? And I said, you know who it was. And she said, no, I'm not going. She said, I'm not willing to leave my family, my friends, our home or our security. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Okay. And I, d- I just looked at her and I said, okay. And I just, I, I never said another word about it. I just began to pray God, if this is what you're calling us to, then you need to change her heart to join with us um, so that we can go where you're calling us to. And so January 13, we're at a conference and uh, the speaker gets up, Louis Giglio. He says there's 65,000 students in the George Dome before they tore it down that that next uh, spring. And he says, What is it going to take for you to take the gospel to the nations? That was the first words out of his mouth. And that was just like an arrow to her heart. (laughs) The next thing Beth Moore got up and said that next morning, she said, you know, I want to encourage all of you to be in the word. She said, because it's the word that's going to to change your life. It's the word that causes you to want to live your life according to what the father's calling you to do. And again, just pierced her heart. And so as we began to talk, We we just began to to pray more and like she actually opened up a little bit more. Um, When I got home from that trip on that, when we got home on that Friday, immediately I left uh, to serve with IMB in Naples, Italy for a week. And um, so we would talk about 15 minutes every night just because of the time change of different things. And I get back from that week and I I just said, um, babe, how was your week? We go out for dinner because it's our anniversary of that week. And I said, hey, how was your week? She said, you know, I had a really good week. And I said, well, tell me more about it. And she says, I don't know if you want to hear what I have to say. And I looked at her, kind of like how you're looking at me right now with that smile on your face. And I said, we're moving to Alaska, aren't we? <laughs> and she just began to cry and weep and say, yes,
0: yes, we are.
2: <sighs> and all of a sudden, instead of her being fearful, I became fearful and it wasn't because, you know, like I started thinking back to those four things that she said and she said, you know, I'm not leaving, uh, our family, our friends, our home, our security. Well, family's family, you know, friends are friends. Our home, we'll just have to get another structure up here. But the security was, the, was the kicker. I'm 42 years old, I'm a husband, I'm a dad of two, I've got a great, uh, ministry position with Louisiana Baptist Convention. Security, right? Well, back in 2008 is when the North American Mission Board said that they would um, they would only begin to support their church planters, not their other missionaries out on the field. So I knew at that point in time, oh, my goodness. I knew I know exactly what she means by security. We're going to have to raise all of our support. Man, I'm just freaking out. Like, whoa. this is craziness. So <clears throat> the middle of that week, a guy comes into my office. He says, Scott, I need to talk to you. I had been serving at a church for two years as an interim helping out. And I had resigned back in December before going to this conference and everything. And he comes back to my office and he says, I need to talk to you. And I was like, yeah, man, let's talk. Is everything okay? How's Sherry? How's the kids? What's going on? He said, man, I was in the word this morning. I started praying and God pricked my heart said, I need to come see you. And I was like, okay, what, what's going on, Tom? Tell me what's happening. He reaches in his back pocket, pulls out his wallet, hands me some money. And he says, this is for when you move to Alaska. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it was just like the fear, the Holy Spirit just came over me and just pushed the fear out of my life at that point in time. And I, and I knew at that moment, I said, God, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to, as, as you call us, you're going to, you're going to care for us through people who love you, who love us and want to see us follow in your footsteps of how you're calling. And so we began that process and we began going through everything. And it was May when we announced it to everybody uh, back home. Um, and we had to go through that process of raising all of our support to be up here by September of 13. I had about a, about four weeks to do so. And uh, in those four weeks, I mean, they were scattered throughout the summer. But it all worked to where it allowed me to, to be up here uh, September 15th of 2013. We showed up on my daughter's birthday <clears throat> and I told her, I said, this will be the first and last time that you ever get a house for your birthday. And uh, so, but it was just, it was just a crazy time, you know. And so just watching how God has directed our steps all along the way, even to this journey. Like this has been probably the most, um, this, this has probably been the, the most faith building journey that we've been on. From 2012 until present day, coming to Alaska.
1: That's incredible. And I, I wanted you to hear that story. I've heard bits and pieces, but I haven't heard the whole thing before. So this is really encouraging to me because I think there's just something so powerful in communicating to other believers the way that God is able to move in your life, even sometimes when you're sort of not looking for exactly what he's wanting to do, but he continues to, to move you towards that and to bring these other things to bear. I just find so much encouragement in that. Uh, that brings you to Alaska. I know you served in some, some different areas when you first came up here, but, but now uh, for how you'll tell us how many years, you, you founded Mosaic Campus Ministry, gave it kind of an official presence here Ryan. several years ago, but you were doing some work with students before that tell us about that and how that came to be and 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 kind of what is its purpose what does it do what is what is mosaic campus ministry about
2: okay well 2013 when we got here my office is is located at university baptist church which is uh, near the campus there's a starbucks right up the road and so um, one of the individuals that, that I was up here, because we didn't come up here specifically in the very beginning to to plant on the campus. Uh, we came up with a mission organization, and um, so my admin, I called her up, I said, hey, do you need any coffee this morning? Because I just wanted to treat her fairly and nice. And so I said, uh, she said, yeah, I'd love uh, whatever it was that she drank, one of those... Frappé, yeah, caramel, up. upside down, triple, whatever, <laughs> um, and so I went and picked it up. I walked in and I see co- college students all over inside Starbucks, and so I started talking to some of them as I'm standing in line. And I said, "Hey, I'm wearing a uh, University of Louisiana sweatshirt," and they said, hmm, "Louisiana? Huh? Are you not from here?" And I said, "No. Well, what brought you up here?" And I said, "Well, we're helping, kind of, share, the, you know, like." Uh, do Bible teaching and reaching out to others, you know, throughout the state at some large gatherings. And, and, uh, we just really want to help Alaska come to know Jesus. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. And I said, do you guys have anything on the campus? You know, that you guys are, that you guys are, are doing, you know, like, is there a Christian ministry at UAA here in town? Is there any Bible study or small group? Or, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what would best communicate to her, uh, on this campus. And she says, there's not a single thing for us. Mm-hmm. And there used to be a, B, a, B, a BSU yeah. BCM years ago. And that's what was but really when, sad about that. But when two scenario, yeah. that you came. Was so 2008 that, is when NAM cut the funding for right. that. Right. And so, so that went away. Yep. Well, <clears throat> I didn't realize that everything had gone away. So when I asked that question, she said that I, I went home and I told Dana, I said, baby, Can you believe there's no campus ministry at all at the university here in town? And she's like, oh, my goodness. So we began to pray, God, you need to send somebody to this campus. You need to send somebody to this campus. Why are you laughing?
1: It's just—it's good because I know how this ends. Yeah.
2: So a year goes by, and there's still nobody on that campus. So the beginning of 2015, we start praying, God, you need to send us to that campus. I had 20 years in college ministry already, you know, um, where I was serving, I got to work with college students, you know, some on the mission opportunities that we offered during the summer when we would bring summer missionaries up and man, I missed it, I really did. And so we began to pray, God, you need to send us to that campus, Mm -hmm. you need to send us to that campus. And uh, during that time, when we start praying that um, uh, there's three different ministries that are on the campus now. And so, at the end of 2015, I resigned from the position that I was serving at this mission organization, and um, went to the campus. January of 16 is when we started, um, and it's just been it's just been neat to see uh, how God has answered the prayer of God to send somebody to that campus, um, and God then send us to that campus because now there's Mosaic Campus Ministry, there's Crew. And then there's Chi Alpha, um, all different uh, backgrounds as far as faith backgrounds. Um, of course, we are Southern Baptists in, in, our, in our teaching, in our theology. And then you have crew who, in their background, would be more Presbyterian. Um, they're connected with uh, Change Point here in town. And then you have Chi Alpha, which is assembly, and they're connected more with like... Uh, Muldoon Assembly. And so it's, it's just neat to see how God has brought all of this together in that place. And, uh, you know, to, to have colleagues and other students there that we can encourage that are believers in Jesus that, um, you know, like the three of us, we, we meet together and we pray uh, over the campus. And um, it's just, it's just neat to have that in place. But, um, you know, when we were first in January, when we started kind of going to the campus, talking to the uh, administration, um, trying to figure out what we needed to do to become an official organization on the campus, um, they said, man, just go out and start recruiting. We'll give you a year to recruit. And I was like, wow, okay. So we meet um, some students and we're like, hey, would you be interested if we started a BCM here on this campus? And they're like, BCM? What's BCM? And I said, Baptist Collegiate Ministry. And they're like, man, I, I like that. ministry, <coughs> but I'm, I'm not Baptist. I'm not Baptist. Yeah, right. There I am. And I said, um, okay. My battery. Maybe. Shouldn't be, but... Is it on? It should be. Mike, check. And so I said, um, I said, oh, okay. Uh, after talking to several students, many of them were like, I'm, I'm just not Baptist. I go to Bible church or I go to, you know, Nazarene church, or I go to, you know, a non denom church, or I go to a Baptist church. So yeah, I might come. And I was like, "Hmm, okay, we need to rethink this. Mm -hmm. What can we do to throw a broader net, uh, onto the campus that will allow students to, uh, to come into a place, be encouraged, be challenged, uh, be encouraged in the word, be encouraged in their faith, but be challenged then to go and do um, for the campus what the campus needs. And that's you know, students that are willing to share their faith, uh, to pour their life out to the campus, to, to share life on life with other students and not just go to class and leave class. Yeah. So we, um, uh, I just I just started praying, God. I mean, what what do we need to call this thing then? And I started reading through Second um, Corinthians, and Second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has come, behold. I mean, uh, the the old has passed. The old has passed, behold, the new has come. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, God, this is what you've done for us you know, like, wow, you've taken the broken pieces of sin and shame in our life and you've redeemed them for yourself. And then you put us on display for all to see It kind of sounds like a mosaic. You know, you take the broken tile you take the broken glass, you take the broken pottery and an artist takes it. He recreates it, puts it into something beautiful and then puts it on display for all to see. And that's what God does with us. That's what Jesus does with us in our life that he takes us. He redeems us. He puts us on display to be a perfect reflection of his love to a lost and dying world. And so, so that's our hope is that whenever, whenever our students come to know Christ, whenever students are impacted with the gospel message that they, they experience that transformation that takes place only through a relationship with Jesus. And so that's so that's why we call it Mosaic. Our heart is to help students know Christ. That's the overarching theme of what we want to do. Um, But we want to reach students with the gospel. We want to connect them with like minded believers. Most importantly, though, to the local church, we want to help uh, strengthen our leaders to become uh, strengthen our students to become leaders and disciple makers. And we want to teach them what it means to live a missional life each and every day. And so that's that's what we try to pour into the the life of students. One of the verses that uh, that I share with our students as well as other students on campus. And I consider them all of my students, but um, but the students that don't know Christ that I meet for the first time. uh, First Thessalonians 2 8 says my heart is to share with you the gospel of Christ. But not only that, but my life as well, because you are dear to me. And I think when we all understand what that verse is saying that that the most important thing that we should ever share with somebody is the gospel of christ but not only that but our life because not everyone who we share the gospel with is going to come to know christ in a personal way but that doesn't mean that we okay we we've, we've checked them off we move on we need to continue to pour into them to do life with them because man they when trouble times come you know who they're going to go to they're going to go to they're going to come to us. They're going to go to you. They're going to go to you because they know that you care about them. And, and a student will look, will look at me and say, well, and how do you, how do you care about me? Like, this is the first time we're meeting. And I said, because God has called me to Alaska specifically to the campus of the university of Alaska here in Anchorage. I said, and you're a part of that. And so, because you are a part, of the mission field that God has placed me in. He's called me here for a specific time. To a specific place. And for a specific purpose. And you're a part of that purpose. And so I care about you. And uh, man, they, he just they kind of look at me a little dumbfounded. I said, man, look. If this isn't something you're interested in. I'd just like to have some conversations with you sometime. Authentic conversations. If you have questions about Jesus, if you have questions, or if you, if you even want to just, like, throw something strange out there and just talk to me about, hey, what is it, um, you know, why does the Bible say this? Or what does this mean whenever the Bible says this? Or I said, let's just sit down and talk. And that begins to open up more conversations and being able to take students through, um, like, I'm uh, meeting with a, uh, an international student right now. And um, we're walking through the gospel of John together. Uh, he, he has a, a background of, of church, but um, unsure if, if he's a believer in Jesus. Yeah. And so um, we're walking through that. And I'm hoping through that, uh, this time of us walking together that it will open his eyes to the truth of the gospel, to the truth of who Jesus is, to see when Jesus says all of the I am's inside of John, that uh, he will it will click in his in his heart and in his mind. And he can't he cannot stop himself then from confessing with his mouth uh, that Jesus is Lord. And so that's that's our hope. And that's why we're on the campus. Tracy, that's I mean, we love what we do. um, And uh, yeah, we just we just we just want to see people get behind and be a cheerleader for us as we're out on that campus
1: well and that's you know ultimately there's a few reasons why I wanted you to come today one I wanted people to hear your story because I think that's encouraging to see how God uh, moves miraculously across distance and time to bring his uh, his plans together and that hopefully we plug in and become part of those and the way that you guys have been obedient to to that, I think, is is an encouragement to other believers. But also, you know, Christ Community Church, you know that for the past couple of years, we've been progressively increasing our emphasis on connecting with and supporting other local ministries that are brotherhoods or sisterhoods to us through other churches or causes that we see that uh, celebrate the the values of the Christian faith that we want to see advanced and and so you know we still give to the international missions offering Mm -hmm. Lottie moon at Christmas time last month we our emphasis was Laverne Griffin camp uh, which is uh, setting up by the way to have a a fabulous season this year Uh, they're booked from mid-May into October which is is honestly never happened and so continue to pray that God will guide that and provide that opportunity and, and that things will stay open and we'll be able to do that safely because that, that gives us this opportunity to share the gospel. I mean, that's at the core of it right. is to share the gospel. And then we have this ministry here that Scott and Dana have been leading their whole family. I mean, your whole family has been involved in yeah. the work of this ministry because that's how it goes, right? That's right. Um, that is I correct. know that the uh, the newsletter, I think Dana... Does the lion's share of that work, doesn't she?
2: She, she crafts everything. Like I provide the <coughs> pictures and I'll say, hey, so why don't you like uh, maybe write on this? And she's like, I got this, don't worry. <laughs> um, she's a wordsmith. I mean, she does a, a great job with that. Um, we've got a table set up out in the, in the foyer area right underneath um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And there's a tablet out there. If you guys want to receive our newsletter, it comes out once a month. One should be coming out, I think, like this coming Tuesday. Uh, it comes out once a month, um, and it's got uh, stories in there about our family and about ministry that goes on. And so uh, we'd love to uh, attach you to that so that you can know how to pray for us uh, each month and during the semester.
1: And it is actually one of my favorite newsletters to receive because it does have stories pictures and things like that. The Greasons also, by the way, do a fantastic uh, newsletter. They will be our focus uh, next month, which is going to be exciting, the ministry that they're involved in through uh, Send North and Send International. Um, But this month, so last month, right, was Laverne Griffin Camp. Uh, Our church gave collectively about $1,000 towards Laverne Griffin Camp. It's fantastic. This month, it's Mosaic Campus Ministry. One way that we can support them is financially because... um, Scott doesn't have a big bowl of money out there that just sits around, hopefully, that he just draws from. You still are raising support all the time, right? Every year. Nobody is bankrolling this, this effort for you. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. Um, the thing that we do is uh, when we moved up here, you know, we, had to, we had to raise support for our family, uh, for our health care, for our retirement you know, with with Guidestone and uh, when we started Mosaic, uh, we were going to have to raise all of the operating expenses for that as well. And so what we did is we set up a an account for Mosaic at Alaska, USA, and our account is over at Wells Fargo so that nothing uh, gets uh, intermixed with anything. And so Um, we have local churches here in Alaska. We have some churches down in the south that partner with us specifically for mosaic. Um, because we, we have to, we have to rent space on campus to have our worship service on Tuesday nights. You know, we, we, we try to do what we can to help offset some of the costs for some of the events or, or meals and stuff that we do for the students. Um, the discipleship material, the. Um, the Bibles that we buy to hand out for students, the, the witnessing tools, the prayer journals, all those things that we try to help uh, the students, go, uh, you know, have in their hand. Uh, when we do outreach on campus, when we set up our table and we do different things every week, you know, we have, we have different snacks out on the table uh, to give out free and stuff. And so so we have to do what we can to raise support for Mosaic to be able to do that, but we also have to raise support for the Belmores to do what they do because you know, um, uh, if we don't have our support, then we 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 can't be here to do the ministry that God's right. called us to, right? Right. And so it's 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 a it's a maintaining and a balancing act of of working uh, those together. And so like. Um, my hope listening to you, my hope today would be that, that, uh, Christ community church would get behind mosaic because, um, who knows when God will eventually, if call us out to another place, Mm -hmm. um, I want you to be bought into what, what's been going on at the campus through mosaic. Right. And so, um, if there may be other leaders that come up and take over mosaic, But they'll still have a connection with Christ Community Church because you guys are partnered with Mosaic in your in your giving and your offerings. Um, And that's like that's that's my hope to 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 get local churches, local Southern Baptist churches in our area to buy into what we're doing so that the work continues. Right. Not so that if if God calls us out, then it it just goes away.
1: So so that's. As we've done uh, many different times throughout our years, this month, everything extra from your tithes and offerings beyond your tithes and offerings, because you still support the church. Scott totally, because the local church is part of the mission of Mosaic Campus Ministry, so he would encourage you to give your tithes and offerings to Mosaic. But what we do encourage is exactly what we've been doing, like with Laverne Griffin Camp. If you have some additional offering that you can make and you're looking for a place to put that that will honor God and support something that is valuable in our community and now even across our state, because you're not just here at UAA, you have a presence around uh, the state and other campuses, then if you will give through the the donation portal or you send a check in, whatever you want to do, you mark that for missions for the month of April, everything that comes in for missions is going to go to Mosaic Campus Ministry. And that's one way that we can support them. But I know that because of our successful interaction with Laverne Griffin Camp, that is opening up opportunities for us to also serve alongside and to work alongside the camp in some things, Um, the same thing Uh, has happened with uh, GraceWorks. We've offered this building every summer, and and Lord willing, we're actually going to have a season this year where GraceWorks will be with us, and that gives us an opportunity to work alongside them. That's really the ultimate goal that I'm hoping for, is like you said, that there's buy-in from our church and other churches to the value of the ministry. This is an easy place to start, is to, to write a check, right? Or to punch the buttons and, and give $20, $25, $50, $100, whatever it is. That's an easy place to start, and it does have an impact. It's yes. important. But hopefully that's not the end of it, because we've really tried to build a culture here at Christ Community Church where we don't give and forget, but we give towards a purpose, and then hopefully God opens some avenues for us to be able to engage with uh, that ministry or to support in other ways. So if we start with some giving, ultimately what are some other ways that, folks like these, churches like ours, can can work with or support Mosaic Campus Ministries.
2: So we have um, uh, opportunities where, like on Tuesday nights, if, uh, if a church would want to help provide a meal for uh, our Tuesday night gathering. Um, right now we're doing, we would normally have like a full worship service on campus. We would then... Um, Try to do something once a month there uh, on the campus where we would serve a meal, and then the other weeks we may go around to different little places—Wendy's, uh, Taco Bell, you know, whatever. Um, but that way, we're we're not only spending time in the Word, but we're spending time building relationships with others, deepening those relationships uh, around a meal. And sometimes it's it's during those times there that people just really let their hair down. Um, feel a little freer in having some conversations with you. And so um, that would be a, a great opportunity. Uh, prayer walking uh, the campus. You know, we would love to have individuals just, just come and help us prayer walk the campus because there is such a need on that campus for the gospel. Um, it is a very uh, secular campus, and um, we want to do what we can to, to pour life into that campus as much uh, with as many people as we can. and so um, if there's you know, you know, baked goods, if they want to help out doing baked goods to give out, you know at our at our outreach tables and stuff that we do, um, you know it's just little things like that impact us greatly mm-hmm. and impacts the campus greatly. Right. And so those are just some things you know, if, if people want to, you know, I mean, resources are are like, Uh, a big thing like Bibles and, and, um, discipleship stuff. And, you know, but, uh, we have, we have some partners that will help us out with that. But I mean, we want to do what we can to, to, to allow anybody to come and serve on the campus. If somebody wants to come sit at a table and help us do outreach one day, I mean, come on. Sometimes students are in classes and so they can't be at the table. And so sometimes it's just me and, um, you know, I love being out there. But uh, it's it's lonely sometimes when you're sure. sitting by yourself at that table.
1: Sure. So I want to kind of wrap this up, but I want to bring it back full circle to some things that you said early on. Um, you mentioned a passage, I think it was out of Corinthians.
2: Second Corinthians.
1: So I want you to come back to that. And then I also was thinking about the very beginning of your story, even as a, a young man, of having someone, in this case, a, a man, but... We acknowledge our our women need discipleship and need their lives poured into and some of our women are fantastic leaders who could pour into lives of other folks as Mm -hmm. well the value of that I can see the dots connected between what you received in discipleship as a young man and that passage which I want you to tell us again what that passage says to then the ministry that you're involved in now and just kind of tie that back around for us and and maybe tie this up at the end with the importance of whether it's through something like Mosaic Campus Ministry or in the context of your church or the other relationships that you have with people who maybe are new believers or old believers who haven't matured a lot or those who are seeking the value of that, sharing the gospel, but also living the life with
2: them. Yeah, so like uh, for me, the the mentor um aspect in my life was huge and so when when you think about a life being changed uh and a lot of us we we don't think that man, what do I have to offer really what do I, I mean what's somebody going to glean from my knowledge or or take away from us meeting together i, I think in those in those moments that's that's when and that's when we are probably best used is uh, is at those times, and so having those, uh, you know, first understanding that, um, you know, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Right, the the new man has been created. The new woman has been created. And then to have somebody come in alongside of you and to kind of help you understand this new life in Jesus that you're living and to walk you through like, um, we've got, we've got couples that are dating that, uh, we're going to be, that we actually help do, uh, premarital counseling for, um, you know, 22 years of experience in marriage, you know, I mean, I've, I've messed up a few times, <laughs> but I've done, a have uh, done some things right, uh, many a times. Yeah. Um, and so, Uh, I think I think that that's a way that we can give a lot of times is just finding even if it's in your own church, you know, like if you have younger individuals in your church, you know, like they need they need you guys desperately because there's a world out there that is going to be feeding them so many lies um, that is opposite of the truth of the gospel. And they need somebody that's going to be able to pour into them uh, that life. There are, two, there are two times in life when people need uh, guidance, like seriously, like need serious guidance, zero to five, right? Birth to five. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a time in life that, man, they need some help. And then 18 to 25, because there are, there are decisions that are being made during that point in their life that will either... Uh, it, it could ruin them for the rest of their life, or it can set them on a path that's going to, um, that's going to cause them to flourish for the rest of their life. And so if, if there are individuals um, that are pouring into your life, I mean, like that's, that's what put me on the path of working with students, is because I had individuals who loved students, who cared for students, who poured into me as a student, which caused me to want to do the same um, and when God called me into, into vocational ministry, I mean, I, I knew that that would be the path that I would take. Um, because it's, it holds such an important place in my life, right?
1: Yeah, sure. That's fantastic. Well, thanks for being here with us today. It's I good to, to be here. I want pray for you before you go. Um, I love you. You've been a good friend in ministry. And, uh, by the way, Christ Community Church has benefited uh, a few summers from some of the, the interns and students that have been with uh, Mosaic Ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Um, Paige. Paige was here with us for a, a great season, and we loved having her around. There were a couple of other ladies that hung out with us for a whole summer, some that came and hung out with us at the, the parks for GraceWorks Ministry. So it, it, that demonstrates, and it's not just Christ Community Church, but I know that Scott has made it a, a point to try and engage with other ministries and churches like ours around... City and so I'm thankful for those uh, those times that you've been able to do that with us because it adds to what we're able to do and then it also expands our thought of ministry and vision. So
2: yeah, can I share one more thing? Mm -hmm. I don't know how much time we have. If we're over time, I have no clue. We're we're pushing. Okay, (laughs) so um, like this summer we have we have some summer missionaries that are coming up with us again, and one of our thoughts this year was instead of just keeping them in Anchorage, was to show them the the ministry need, the, 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 need that's around the entirety of the state. And so, um, and these are things that you can pray for us as we are going to be serving this summer because our heart, the summer shuts down on the campus for us, right? I mean, there's, there's nobody there. So we want to, in, we want to invest in, in the, the uh, university. We want to, uh, connect with our community so that it then strengthens the local church. And so we are, we're going to start out, we've got 10 and a half weeks this summer. We've got, uh, we're going to be in Kodiak, then we're going to bounce to Anchorage. We're going to bounce to Juneau, bounce to Anchorage, Valdez, Anchorage, Fairbanks, Juneau, Anchorage, Anchorage. Nice. That's how we'll finish the summer. And we've got 16, 16 summer missionaries that are coming up. Uh, and we have a, a small mission team each week that's going to be with them as well. And so, something else
1: that I've always um, respected and admired about the ministry that Scott does here is, it will never be. So, 2019 we did this, 2020 or 2020 we're just going to pull the same playbook out and just run it again. Uh, it is. He's always forward thinking. He's always looking at what he did before and and analyzing, saying, did that work? Did that not work? What of it worked? What can we do differently? How can we take a different direction? What, what is God leading us to do? And that to me is a hallmark of a ministry that really is outwardly focused and really trying to achieve the things that God is uh, uh, wanting to do through you as opposed to trying to manage it to do what you want to do through it. Right. And I respect that so much about what I've observed in the ministry that you've done over the last several years. And, and, uh, and I love that. It's great. Thanks.
2: Appreciate that. All
1: right, let me pray for you. And uh, we're going to pray to dismiss this morning. We'll add our song that was at the end on to next week. But uh, I thought this was important. And I wanted to make uh, this connection for you in person and not just advertise Mosaic Campus Ministry to you this month for our missions emphasis. So now that you've seen that, uh, hopefully you will uh, prayerfully seek God to give towards that, uh, that effort and that ministry and support them this month. And, you know, like with everything and everybody, 2020 was... Not anything what you hoped it would be, right but we are prayerfully looking at this summer and certainly the fall when campus ministry may begin again in earnest that uh, that God will really begin to open those doors again and, and be able to return to some some larger uh, influence than what these these last months have allowed you to right do. So yeah. really be, be praying for that. All right.
2: appreciate that. All right, folks, would you pray with me?
1: Father, thank you so much for Scott. For Dana, for their family, their willingness to hear you those years ago, uh, after even others were hearing you. I I love the way that that story works out and plays out, and that they're here now uh, in the pocket of your will for them, that you planned as you tell us in the word, even before the foundations of the earth, you you set up these good works for them to do. And I'm thankful that they're being faithful to that. And Lord, I'm thankful that you, of course, are always Faithful, then, to be with them in the midst of that, and to give them leadership. I pray that uh, Scott will be filled with uh, wisdom and continue to seek you, along with his team and his board that he works with. Uh, Lord, uh, begin even now, as you, as I'm sure you already have done, begin now to plant seeds that uh, he will be able to recognize and to Lord provide some nourishment to through the summer and into next fall. And even now, uh, as I know that he's still having Uh, meetings and one-on-ones with students and doing everything that he can to try and Mm. have an influence now lord i pray that you will continue to to show him how to provide nourishment through the word and through uh, living life with those students and uh, being an influence ultimately finally lord of the gospel of jesus christ Mm. the good news that there is salvation for all who will believe and confess lord thank you for your goodness towards us your kindness towards us for every mercy that you pour out to us we love you so very much and it is in the name of jesus that i pray
2: amen amen Amen. thank you appreciate that have a great week everybody love you